What's up, everyone, and welcome into episode number 199, where it is my honor and privilege to introduce a special guest joining this episode, and that is former SPSU golfer and one of the hosts of the Four Fellows podcast, Connor Chikaki. How are you doing, Connor? Good, man. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be on here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I know we've been talking about this for a little while. We've been talking about having you on, so I'm glad that we've been able to finally get this worked out and finally get you on. I know we've both been busy. You've been busy with your podcast. Great things over there. We'll talk a little bit about what you do on your podcast with a couple of your friends. But, yeah, I appreciate you taking your time. Yeah, 100%, bro. Um, we've been uh, we've been talking for a while now, and it's uh, it's been good to – talk to you and uh finally get on the podcast here so i appreciate you having me on yeah absolutely so let's talk a little bit about you first because like for anyone that doesn't know kind of your story um at, from a young age you've played a couple of sports kind of seems like from talking to you hockey was always kind of like the the biggest sport but then towards the end of your high school career that's when you kind of started to get involved with golf and then you end up choosing to do golf at SVSU. So can you kind of talk about your path to getting to SVSU golf? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, like you said, growing up, hockey was kind of my passion, honestly. Um, uh, I grew up playing all sports, honestly. Um, sports is, I live and die by sports. I love sports. Um, but growing up, I played hockey, baseball, and then golf was kind of like a hobby to me. Um, I loved playing it. My grandparents got me into it, um, but I really didn't take it, start taking it seriously, playing in like tournaments competitively um, until like probably high school, around high school. Um, grew up playing hockey, played a few years double A. I started off with the Livonia Knights. Um, that was my first team. And then I played a few years of triple A hockey. Played for Victory Honda, and then I played for the Redford Kings. And then getting into high school, um, I made the varsity team at Livonia Stevenson my sophomore year. Um, we had a very good team. Uh, we made the state finals sophomore year. And then junior and senior year, um, we had sick teams too, but we uh, we couldn't get it done, unfortunately. But in that time, um, like I said, I, I love – baseball and golf too i played baseball honestly it's kind of funny because baseball is like my favorite sport uh, um um tigers are my favorite team baseball is pro eh, it's tough it's tough to say baseball is my favorite sport I, but i do love baseball anyways i uh i played baseball my whole life up until well through freshman year of high school so golf and baseball in high school as you know is the same season they're both playing in the spring so um i had to kind of it was it was tough there freshman year. I didn't play much um, on the baseball team, but I had no problem with that um, because I started to focus on golf. Okay. I um, I played on the varsity golf team my freshman year, and then after my freshman year, I uh, decided to stop playing baseball in high school and started to pursue golf more seriously, started playing more summer tournaments and um, tournaments at a higher level um, in the summer, like junior AMs and state AMs and AJGA tournaments and stuff. Um, and then during that time, obviously, hockey was huge too. Our team at Stevenson was, honestly, I mean, we were one of the best teams in the state. So um, that was kind of 12 months of the year. And um, 
yeah, with golf and baseball, it was still extremely busy. I was playing three sports in the summertime. And then as we got into the school year, it was, it was mainly hockey and golf, but, um, yeah, I really started taking golf seriously. And then, um, it was, it was a tough decision to commit to golf instead of hockey for me. Like I said, hockey was so huge for me in high school. Um, just cause we had such a sick team and, and a lot of the kids on our team went on to play hockey. And I honestly had the opportunity to as well, but, um, I decided to play golf. I think it was better for me. I had a, a few opportunities. Um, I started to see those at the beginning of my senior year. Cause I, uh, I played pretty well my senior year and then, um, I ended up committing to Saginaw Valley, which was a uh, was a blessing. It was five of the best years of my life at SVSU. Um, I committed there in late in my um, senior year, and now here we are. Five years at SVSU, graduated this past May 2023, got there in 2018. So um, redshirted my freshman year there and then um, played four years after that. It was great. That's awesome, and uh, a couple of the people that you played there um, are now hosts of your podcast as well. And we'll get into that. We'll get into kind of how SBSU, how playing there went. But one thing I want to talk about a little bit is about kind of like the swing, like the difference between like hockey, baseball, and golf. They're all like different swings. So how are you able to kind of like balance between each of their different like swings because like some people might say hey if you play baseball it's going to mess up your golf swing or if you play golf it's going to mess up your baseball swing like does hockey help with a golf swing at all or how did you kind of balance having three different sports that have three dramatically different kind of like swinging of the club yeah 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 that's uh that's actually a very good question um so the baseball the baseball swings quite a bit different than the golf swing and that's why you see a lot of baseball players struggle on the golf course um I got a lot of good buddies who I grew up playing baseball with who aren't very good at golf because the swing's so much different so it's a good point but um kind of exact opposite of that the hockey swing is actually um you see a lot of good hockey players they're actually good golfers so um I'm a righty in golf I'm a lefty in hockey and I switch hit in baseball so it was uh it was kind of nuts there, but um the I think the hockey swing helped me out with uh with golf just with more of with power and um just like athleticism. Um growing up playing hockey, I was always training and doing off ice stuff. So I got a lot of strength in my legs, which um helps with the golf swing. And then um just growing up being an athlete, I think that naturally helped me with um with my golf swing as well. But yeah, baseball um I was able to, you know, practice and work hard enough on my golf swing where it wasn't um, too much of a factor for me to, um, you know, play transfer that into my golf swing. Um, like I said, a lot of the, a lot of baseball players have a tough time on the golf course, but I was able to uh, work hard enough and and critique that golf swing down to make it a bit different than my uh, baseball swing. Yeah, and that's the one thing that I think people don't kind of realize that don't play golf at high level is like in the old days of golf, like when you see like the pictures of like golfers back in like the 60s, 70s, 80s, like there's still some golfers now that are kind of like John Daly that you look at and they're like, hey, they're not extremely like athletic people. But the thing is, golf, if you have if you're really good, you kind of have to be pretty athletic. You have to be 
pretty strong. And I feel like that's one of those sports that people don't really realize how athletic you have to be to be really good because like anyone can play golf. Right. But yeah, exactly. Not everyone can be really good at it. Like there's people that played for years that are like averaging double bogey, triple bogeys every hole. And it's a lot of fun then when you are not like stressed about it or you're just out there having fun, it doesn't really matter to some people but when you're playing at a college level like everyone can play even at um division two i'm sure at saginaw valley state you went up against some incredible golfers there yeah um that's a good point man i mean like we said it's it's a lot different with the with the golf swings compared to the baseball and hockey swings but um yeah i i was i played against incredible golfers at saginaw valley and over my time there, I think I uh, my swing got better. But going back to the the point that you said with the with the old time golf swings, um, now I think they're much more athletic, and you see athletes becoming good golfers just because um, it's become more of an athletic swing. I mean, even if you played any other sport, kind of like myself, besides golf, growing up, you could still become a great golfer. So um, golf's hard, man. I mean, golf's very hard. It takes a while to. Uh, get the swing down, but there's a lot of different ways that you can get the ball in the hole. So um, there's a ton of different swings that can get you there, and um, it worked out for me. So how were you able to kind of, like, navigate that? Because a lot of golfers, at least it seems like from what I talked to, have been, like, playing for a really long time. That like, kind of been pretty serious at a long time. And I'm not saying you weren't there, but you are. You started taking it serious towards the end of high school, and you still got to a Division two level, and – SVSU. Do you think part of that athleticism that you obtained playing so many different sports helped you with that? Or do you think it's kind of like your pastime of or your time playing hockey as well? Because you don't really see a ton of, at least from the people I've talked to, maybe you've experienced more people, but you don't really see a ton of college golfers or college level golfers that didn't start taking it serious exactly when you did, which I think just shows how impressive um, your golf game is. Yeah. Um, I, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. But, um, yeah, I mean, being an athlete growing up, I think that it helped me mentally more than anything with, um, playing college golf. I really fell in love with golf. Um, when I started taking it seriously, obviously I started playing really well and then I knew that I could, uh, take it to the next level. So, um, being an athlete growing up really helped me, um, in my golf game because golf is just as much as it is physical as it is mental. So, I think growing up playing other sports just helped me more on the mental side and helped me become successful um, in golf. And then obviously playing the game more and um, knowing how to score and how to play well and um, manage yourself on the golf course um, is hard. But yeah, like you said, playing the other sports growing up helped me helped me uh, become successful as a golfer um, more mentally than physically. But obviously, working at it physically every single day, up in uh, up in college helped me play well. Because I mean, you're getting paid to play. Like I was on scholarship, so I'm, if you really look at it like this, you're getting paid to play golf. So I'm gonna go all out, give you know 130 percent of my effort towards golf. Um, being a student athlete was tough, but it was also, like I said, five of the best years of my life. So handling the academics and the uh, and the golf game was was a grind sometimes but i loved it so as long as you uh you know embrace the suck sometimes and just keep your nose to the grindstone then um 
you'll be successful. And that's, that's what I think I did. Yeah. And so what was kind of like the biggest difference that you really saw between high school golf and golfing at SBSU? Was it like the people that you were playing? Was it kind of that um, balance between being a student athlete? Like what was kind of like the biggest difference you, you experienced between both kind of levels of golf? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say probably just the depth of um, the teams that we've played against. I mean, in high school, you would – I am I live, I grew up in the Metro Detroit area, so we had a ton of great athletes. Um, I'm facing some of the golf best golfers in the state at the high school level, but at the college level, it's just teams of all those best golfers in the state, right? So it's like um, in high school, we may have come across a few teams with one or two studs on it, but – like in college, there's five of those studs on one single team in the lineup each week at the tournament. So um, I'd say the depth, just one through five, week in and week out um, from event to event. The kids are just great. I mean, they're they're real good players. Um, everybody has golf's, – golf's tough because it's such a day-to-day sport. You can go shoot 65 on Saturday and then 82 on Sunday, and that's why, that's why it's so tough. But um, – just um, it's it's a little tighter in in college golf. I'd say you're not gonna see as many um, high scores, and you you can definitely see some lower scores. So just the depth of the kids that we played against, and you know, just giving a shout out to like some of the really good teams that we played against, like Grand Valley, and some of the teams down south that we competed against. I mean, one through five in their lineup is incredible, and then they got even more people to pull out of the vault on the bench if uh, if those guys aren't performing. So. The depth of the kids on the on the college teams is incredible, and um, we had a good team. We had a very good team up at SVSU. Um, we didn't win a ton, but um, all my teammates were incredible players. And uh, you know, golf sticks with you for life. So I'll be playing golf the rest of my life. All these kids that I'm playing golf with and against in college will uh, no doubt be playing golf the rest of their life because, like you said, it's it's a fun sport and it's, it's something that anybody can really pick up and go do. So, um, yeah, college golf was, was truly the best five years of my life and the competitiveness of it, what made it, made it so good, honestly. That's awesome. And that's where I kind of want to get into like how, how you did, like how, how did you play at SPSU? Were you pretty happy with how you did? Like what were some of like your greatest memories? What was like maybe some struggles you went through? Like what, how did college golf like help you and your golf game go? Yeah. Um, my freshman year, I played pretty poorly. So I redshirted. Um, it was kind of an easy, easy decision for me um, to redshirt. I knew I wasn't going to get in the lineup. We had a sick team at the time. Um, I really, I mean, I, I was obviously competing to be in the lineup, but right off the rip, um, I knew there was a bit of a gap between me and the, the guys in the lineup. So that year I, I redshirted. And then um, the following year was actually 2019, right? So 2019 going into 2020. So 2019, I did not play in the fall. So college, college golf, how it works is we play both in the fall and the spring. So you go to school like mid-August, um, you're getting all tuned up for the golf season in the fall, you have qualifying, and then you play the season, and then it's um, up here in Michigan, it's it's like three or four months of indoor golf. Um, it's tough like that because we're not actually making interaction with the actual with the actual grass outside, which is tough, but our facility up at SVSU was 
incredible and um, helped us get to um, become the best that we can become. But anyways, that 2020 spring, obviously, as we all know, was COVID. So I was actually, um, it was, it was nuts. We were, we were planning on going on, on our spring trip, literally like two days after COVID hit. And I was going on that trip. It was like the top eight guys on our team were heading out of Florida. And then like the Tuesday before Rudy Gobert comes down with COVID, every, the whole world goes into a shock. It's like, what's going on? Everybody gets sent home. Everything is canceled. All flights are done. So our trips wraps. We don't even know if we're playing a season anymore. And um, we ended up not playing the season, which is tough because that would have been my first opportunity to play in a college golf tournament. But um, getting past that, going into the fall of 2020, we didn't. Uh, we competed, but it was just like within the team. So we did qualifying and tournaments within our team, uh, like on the weekends and stuff. Obviously, everything's kind of still locked up with COVID, but spring of 2021 was when I played my actual first um, 1920. Yeah, 2021. Spring of 2021 was when I played my actual first college event um, down in Kentucky. It was about 38 degrees and uh, there was frost in the ground before we started play. Actually, while we were playing, kind of nuts. But anyways, um, um, that was that was a great memory. That was obviously my first tournament. And then after that, I played in every single event um, through 2023. So I got uh, two years of two and a half years of great um, competitive golf tournaments in. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, uh, I think I statistically, I got better and mentally, I think I got better too. My best year was definitely my senior year this past year, my fifth year. Um, I played pretty well, took a few top tens. I never won a tournament individually. Um, the team started having some more success, um, in there too. Our, uh, we took our best finish. I think as a team was, we took second place at a, one of our events, um, this uh in 2022 i believe but um there's a lot of stuff that went in there that was going on with our sdsu team too we had a few coaching changes um but everybody that we had was extremely helpful and made it the best time of my life so um there were a lot of bad rounds there are a ton of good rounds um but all in all it was it was amazing so um my experience at sdsu as a as a college golfer was something i'll never forget and I would uh, highly recommend playing college golf or playing any college athlete to honestly anybody if you have the chance because you uh, you will definitely not regret it. Yeah, and honestly, I, I definitely agree with that, just talking to several athletes as well. And it seems like you got a couple of really good friends from college golf at SBSU that you actually started a podcast with that's called Four Fellas. It's you, Eddie, Ty, Nick. Um, talk a little bit about how that came to be. Like, how did you guys decide to come up with a podcast? Like, what, yeah. do guys, what, what do you guys talk about? Like, talk a little bit about what Four Fellas is. Yeah, so, like, I feel like so many people are like, dude, if there was just a camera on us during our daily lives, like, we'd go viral or we'd be famous. So we're like we were saying that for like all five years in college. Right. So, um, little backstory on that me, Ty and Nick or no me, egg Eddie, sorry, 
me, Eddie, and Nick came in together. So we were all class of 2018. Ty came in um, to SVSU. He's a year older than us. He transferred in from Cornerstone University. He came to SVSU to play on the golf team in 2019. Um, and then we became just unreal friends since then. Um, me, Nick, and Ed were unreal friends ever since we came in together. So we are always like, Bro, like if there was a if there was a camera on us, or if if like you know if we started recording ourselves, we would be famous. Like we would like we're funny. We have an unreal time together. It's always super fun. Let's uh let's do something about it. And so we actually pulled the trigger and um we started a podcast called Four Fellows. The name was kind of easy to come up with. Honestly, it was a it, it was a good it was we all liked the name. Somebody came up with it. I don't know if we're going to give credit to one of us, but I think all four of us really liked the uh, name four fellows and we're like, yeah, let's run with it. So we pulled the trigger and we started this podcast about um, almost exactly one year ago. It's been so fun, bro. It's been awesome ever since. And that's why I appreciate what you do. And, and um, you know, we'll eventually have you on the pod and I appreciate you having me on this pod because um it's a grind, but it's, it's fun. Like you, you want to get as much notice as possible. So you want to post all the time and be recording podcasts all the time and stuff. So we've been uh, extremely consistent with it. We've been usually doing one podcast a week. Um, we've had some amazing guests on, um, a lot of the times it's just our buddies that, you know, we feel like would have a good conversation with us for an hour to, to, um, you know, show off to everybody else for all the fans and listeners. Yeah. But um, like our biggest guest to date is Brent Jones, who nobody would have ever thought we would get on. But through a uh, through a connection that I made this summer at my internship, we got Brent Jones on, who is a three time Super Bowl champion. He played with Jerry Rice and Steve Young and Joe Montana for the Niners back in the day. So the podcast is it's gone amazing. It's still going amazing. We're we're trying to push it and grow it more um each day honestly you see our posts all the time and stuff so we're uh we're trying to grow and we um we're having fun with it which is i think the most important thing so yeah really just it just started out like let's let's pull the trigger on this and see how it goes and it's it's been great ever since yeah yeah the brad jones interview was awesome i listened to the whole thing i listened to quite a few of your guys's podcast really funny love that you guys do trivia and all that as well you can't forget about your finn hogan interview that that was pretty cool as well um top 10 actually number one catch i believe on espn for at least one week i maybe two two or three but that was a great interview as well so you guys have had some great guests on seems like you guys are having a ton of fun um so for anyone that's listening to this definitely go check four fellas out where can people find the podcast so that people can check it out yeah so we're we're um available everywhere honestly all uh all listening platforms spotify apple um anything else that you listen to a podcast on we're there um and then we have a visual um you know version too which is on youtube which um does the best for us because sometimes we implement some other uh, other things that you can see only visually, but um, I mean, our audio version is available everywhere. So you can listen to us, you can watch us anywhere that you um, listen to your podcast. So I appreciate you giving us some recognition there and 
um yeah you can you can find us anywhere yeah absolutely and you guys talk about a wide range of different topics i've seen you guys talk about college football and that's where i kind of want to take the next um part of the conversation to is college football because this is a really interesting year in my opinion because to me there's really not one team that kind of stands out because the last few years we've seen georgia right like georgia's back-to-back national championships it's not even close like we all knew that georgia was going to win this year it kind of seems open like there's conversation of georgia again alabama's looking better michigan's up there ohio state depending on how that game goes against michigan could be up there then you have um Florida State, you have Oregon, you have Washington. You also have a Heisman race that's kind of up in the air as well because Caleb Williams, while has been falling out, he doesn't have the wins to probably get in the Heisman race. Jaden Daniels as well at LSU, he's been falling out. Probably not going to get in the Heisman race either because they've already had three losses. It's just been an insane year of college football. And I think we could get to a point where the college football playoff could be like for the first time in a long time, that three, four spot could be up for grabs. Yeah. hundred percent. This, this year in college football has been amazing, bro. It's been, it's been incredible. Like you said, the last two years, right? So Georgia's kind of ran the table. Everybody knew like that national tape championship last game was a joke. Like yeah, Georgia blew the rails off at TCU. That was a whitewash. Uh, But this year's so much different. Um, you got six undefeated teams, right? Five, five, right? Five undefeated teams. I think five, um, yeah. Yeah, five undefeated teams, but with like Oregon and Texas and Bama still right there, um, clawing at that four spot, three or four spot. It's going to be a, it's going to be a sick finish. And this is actually a perfect time to be doing this podcast because nobody has any clue of what the actual four is going to be. I mean, like Georgia... Two-time defending champ, but if they lose to the lose to Bama in the SEC championship, they might not get in, depending on how um, poorly they play in that game or well they play in that game. Um, both they could get in with Bama. Um, Michigan, Ohio State looks like it's going to be an elimination game just because of how pathetic Michigan's schedule has been. Um, but they one hundred percent deserve it if they go undefeated. Um, Florida State, like the ACC schedule, isn't nearly as hard as the SEC schedule either, but they've obviously um, been incredible this year and have run the table and probably will run the table, I'm thinking, um, unless they lose a shocker to, like, Florida or Louisville in the ACC championship. Um, my team, bro, I that I want to see win it all is Washington. I love Washington. I went to the Washington-Michigan State game week, like, three or four. Yeah, week maybe three. Week, yeah, week three, right? So – Washington beat them a hundred and nothing. It seemed like, I mean, that, that game, that game was an absolute blowout. Michael Penix is so good. He is incredible. I mean that he slings it all over the place. And I love watching PAC 12 football and big 12 football because I'm a big offense guy. So like that, uh, the Washington, Oregon game or the Washington Utah game last week, that was, that is my bread and butter right there. I love those games. But, um, like, it's going to be tough for Washington this weekend against uh, Oregon State. That's going to be a tough one. If they do win that one and end up winning out, then playing Oregon most likely in the Pac-12 championship is going to be super tough. Um, but, like, if Oregon does beat them, then I have no problem with Oregon making the the uh, CFP and hopefully winning it all. 
Um, Texas and Bama as well. I mean, like Texas, they have one of the best wins of the year at Bama week two. So, yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of different scenarios that could happen. And um, just talking about that, we could go a whole other hour. But um, I uh, ideally, I think my final four would be probably, if I had to really nail it in, I would say probably Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and then Texas. But I don't know how Florida State wouldn't get in. But, um, well, I mean, they could obviously lose, and that would that would knock them out. So I would love to see Washington win it all, but – um, I don't, I don't love Michigan. I don't hate Michigan. I don't, um, I don't love or hate really any of these teams, but I just love college football and I love talking about it. So this is a good little nugget here that we were able to, uh, talk about that because I think it's a, it's a sick race and it's been an unreal college football season. Yeah. The thing that kind of sucks is that if you look at the Pac-12, the Pac-12 has been so entertaining this year. You have... Three amazing quarterbacks. You have Caleb Williams, you have Bo Nix, you have Michael Penix. That I was also at the Michigan State um, Washington game. We won't talk very much about the Michigan State season because it has been outright a disaster to say yeah. to say the least. But um, yeah, it just sucks that the Pac-12 is kind of ending. It's going to make next year quite a bit more interesting because there's going to be bigger conferences. You have the 12 team playoff next year but i saw an interesting situation and kind of going back to like who's going to be in that three or four spot i saw an interesting situation that it was like um like one undefeated big 10 team and then like alabama beats georgia in the sec and then like you have washington you have like a one loss washington one loss oregon you have a one loss texas um, let's say Florida State loses in the ACC championship. Like, who's going to get that two, three, four spot? Like, at that yeah, point, exactly. like, there's absolute chaos. And for someone that my team hasn't been good, it's kind of one of that chaos a little bit because like we like for the last like couple of years of the time we've seen the college football playoff like we've kind of realized like who's going to be one through four at least we had a pretty good idea like we knew who was going to be one through three probably knew who was going to be four but this year if that happens it's just throwing up in the air like are you going to take alabama over texas or is that matchup going to be important for that because i think alabama's been playing much better than texas so yes, exactly. It would be interesting. Exactly. Yeah, I like how you said that too because I'm thinking the same thing. I like I want some chaos. I want some like disastrous team in the top 4 or top 7 to like lose. Like that would be that would be cool to me, honestly. Um just to see some shake up some new teams in there. Um but yeah, I mean it's been amazing. Week in and week out, the games are tight. Um but, yeah, I would love to see one of these top dogs lose. Like, Georgia, at the beginning of the year, they could have lost easily to one of those. Like, Mizzou. Mizzou's a great team. Georgia had trouble with Mizzou. Um, Bama is playing amazing as of late. Um, but that was, a, that was a good one with LSU. They ended up um, letting it loose at the end there where they, they ended up um, – making the blowout, but, um, Florida state, I would love to see lose to Florida. Um, I would like to see Louisville. If Florida state does beat Florida, I would love to see Louisville beat them in the ACC championship. Ohio state, Michigan is going to be so sick next weekend. 
Uh, both those teams will win this weekend, and then it's literally going to come down to that, I think, for um, for the Final Four because with how bad Michigan's schedule has been, I think it has to be an elimination game um, because if Ohio State loses – but, like, if Ohio State loses, their schedule's been great. So, I don't know even if they still might get in. It, it just depends on how everybody else does and how it else how everything else shakes out. But, um, yeah, it's it's been amazing. But the, the Pac-12 has been great. The Big 12's been great. Like, Texas, I could I could easily see Texas losing. The, they'll probably play Oklahoma State, probably, maybe, in the maybe. – uh, in the in the Big Twelve Championship, whoever they play, like that could be that's gonna be a great game either way. Um, I'd yeah, love to see it, Oklahoma it's exciting. Texas again. I'd love to see yeah, exactly. Texas again. Like give, Oklahoma give Texas. Me, give me that game again. That game was fantastic earlier earlier this year. Hundred percent. Yeah, that was one of the best games of the year. Um and um yeah, like if if that if that ends up being the Pac twelve or the Big Twelve championship. That would be amazing. All these conference championships will be great. They're it's lining up to look like they'll be great, except for the Big Ten, unfortunately, because yeah. it's uh, it's probably going to be Iowa against um one of these two teams, Ohio State or Michigan. So that'll be a blowout. But the other ones will be uh will be great. So I'm excited to see how it's going to shape up. Yeah, the Big Ten West just needs to disband, or the Big Ten East and Big Ten West just needs to disband because the West has zero chance against the top teams in the Big East. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's so the Big Ten um, is not deep at all this year. It's tough to say, but it's it's really not. I mean, it's like Michigan, Ohio State are on a tier of their own, and then you could say probably Penn State's, um, you know, a tier or two below. But then you got to go down a few more tiers to get to the rest of the group. So um, yeah. it's not very deep this year, which is unfortunate. But I mean, the rest of the country is deep and great, like we just said. So. That makes it exciting. Exactly. And let's talk about a great team, um, the Detroit Lions. And we're going to end with the Lions, 7-2 uh, right now. Um, great season. Dan Campbell has really turned things around. You have um, Brad Holmes doing great things at the GM position. The Lions are in in the lead for the NFC North, which I think a lot of people kind of expected that this year, which is kind of weird saying because when's the last time uh, – You've said, oh, the Lions are probably expected to win the yeah, NFC, exactly. NFC North. But thoughts on the Lions this year? Like, they've had a couple losses this year that haven't been um, – well, one that hasn't been remotely close. It got blown out by the Baltimore Ravens. And then a loss at home to the Seahawks, which for some reason it seems like the Seahawks are the kryptonite for the Lions. Yeah. But thoughts yep. on the Lions. And then- love the Lions, bro. Love the Lions. It's, this year has been so exciting. I love the NFL so much, bro. Um, I didn't play football like at all growing up. Flag football was was my claim to fame growing up through I, like through age eight, maybe couple state titles, flag football. But um, fantasy football, absolutely love it, and that I think makes me love the NFL so much more. I love college football as we just said, but um, if I got to pick out of the two, I'd go NFL and. It makes it so much better when the Lions are good, bro. Um, like you said, we're seven and two, absolutely dominating. It seems like, but yeah, we got we got ran by Baltimore. That was um, that was tough to see, and then it 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 does really seem like Seattle's got our number. So I'm extremely scared to play them in the playoffs if we cross paths there. But um, it's been amazing, bro. 
I love our whole team. Uh, ben Johnson's a great OC. I love Campbell. Brad Holmes is doing great stuff upstairs. Um, our drafts have been sick the last few years, um, and it's really shaped out. I mean, seeing Gibbs really perform the last few weeks has been amazing. Um, even with Monty Hurt, he's stepped up and um, performed. Amon Ra is a top, I don't know, five receiver in the NFL. Um, Jared Goff is amazing. Um, our defense, you know, people, if you want to, if you want to, uh, if you want to really nickel and dime the team, you're going to say that the defense is poor, but it's better than last year. And, you know, if we can outshoot the teams, outscore the teams, like last week, best, best game of the year, probably. 41-38 against the Chargers. If you give up 38 points in the NFL, there's no chance you win usually. Yeah. But I mean, but we did, which is which is great to see because our offense can consistently produce. Um Patterson's a great kicker, sealing the deal there. It's uh like literally all around we don't have any weakness on offense. Um and then on defense obviously is a little weaker, but like I mean, we're getting wins and that's all that matters in the NFL. So 7 and 2 I think honestly, it's it's like you said. You there's no way you expected, you can expect the Lions to win the division. How bad we've been the last forty years, thirty years, but um, going into the year, everybody was was hyping us up, which I was kind of uh, kind of scared about. But it's um, it's worked out, and everybody's been right, and um, it's extremely exciting times. I think we have one of the weakest schedules coming in. Um. The rest of the year, I think we'll get a few wins in the, in the next few with um, Green Bay and Chicago. And then the end of the year is tough, definitely, with um, two against Minnesota and then Dallas. But I hope it – I really hope that it does not come down to that um, for the division because Minnesota has been playing great, too, with Dobbs. So, yeah, all in all, the Lions have been amazing. And I uh, I would love to see a home playoff game for the Lions and um, hopefully more after that. Yeah, like – Honestly, the city deserves a home playoff game. At, at this for point, sure. At, for at this point, for how long it's been, like these last 10 years for Detroit sports, out, well, you can maybe go like eight years with the Tigers, but these last 10 years for Detroit sports, like if we're honest with each other, it's been absolutely miserable. Like, yeah, the, oh yeah. The Pistons yeah. haven't been good. The Red Wings are still in, in the rebuild, getting closer. Um, Tigers haven't been good since like 2014-ish around that time. Lions, there's been a couple teams in there, but we we all want to forget about the Matt Patricia era. Like we just want to complete completely get rid of that era. The only thing that he ever did good was throwing a challenge flag. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. But this Lions team, it's they're really fun. Like you said, offensively, they're really fun. I think Aaron Aaron Glenn is the only one that's like kind of like fans are kind of like questioning as of right now, but there's a real chance. And I think you had a good point. There's a real chance that those Minnesota games could be huge. And there's actually a really good chance as well that we could play Minnesota three of the last four weeks, depending on how they do and depending on how the playoffs um, seedings go as well. So as long as we win the third game and get that home playoff game, I'm fine with it. But I did not expect the Vikings to be playing as well as they are with Joshua Dobbs, but Joshua 
uh, Dabs is just a great story. Like honestly, yeah, like, he's, it is for sure. Like I, like I'm a big Kirk Cousins fan, so like I've always kind of been kind of keeping my eye on the Vikings. Like I always wanted the Lions to beat the Vikings, of course, but like. Can the Vikings lose a couple of games, please? Exactly, exactly. That would be huge. We need the Vikes to lose, bro. Exactly. The, uh, you know, it, yeah, it's a it's a great story. I like Kirk, I like Kirk a lot too. Um, and it's a great story with Dobbs, like you said. But um, we need them to lose. Honestly, we honestly need them to lose because I I would hate for it to come down to week eighteen where it's like a must win to take the division, um, or to even have a chance at the playoffs. But, um. I don't think it'll come down to that. I think uh, I think Minnesota's going to find a few losses here, which I hope. But, um, yeah, Dobbs is a great story, and um, the Vikings are playing well. And they got Jefferson back now, so it's, uh, it's not good news for the Lions, but I think we'll be all right. I do. As long as the offense continues to keep humming, um, offensive line has been great. Like you said, Gibbs has been great. Jamison Williams, I honestly think, is like really close to having that breakout game. Like I yep. honestly think there's going to be a game in the next couple of weeks that you're like, hey, that's kind of his welcome to NFL moment because we saw that with Gibbs. Like we saw that with Gibbs two weeks ago. Like when he yeah, took exactly. over the game and basically won us the game, there's going to be a moment that Jamison Williams is going to have that you're just going to be like, okay, like let's go. Like it's time. It, it's time. I agree. I uh, I really hope that happens because he's, I mean, he's an explosive guy. He's uh he's got the legs to beat anybody, but um, he's got a few drops here and there. But I think uh I think he's getting his feet wet, and um, I really hope he has that explosive game like you're saying. That'd be that'd be good to see. Yeah, I do too. But yeah, hopefully the Lions can continue to win. Hopefully they win the division. But yeah, I I think that's kind of. Everything that I have, I appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule. I know you guys are podcasting. I know with uh, working and everything, you're busy. So I appreciate you taking your time to join. Hey, brother, I appreciate it. Um, thanks again for having me on. And um, like I said, I appreciate what you're doing with the podcast. And um, I'd be more than happy to come on again. And hopefully we can get you on our podcast. So thanks again, bro. I yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd love to come on, on your guys' podcast. would love to have you come back on as well it has been a great conversation um i always say to everyone if you ever want to come back on you're absolutely more than welcome to and i'm happy to ever have you on as well but for anyone that's listening definitely go check out four fellas podcast on youtube spotify um a couple other different platforms apple so definitely go check them out great podcast over there so Definitely go watch them. Thank you again to Connor for joining. And that is a wrap to episode number 199. Thank you again for tuning in and tune in to episode 200, where I will have another guest that I'm super excited.